الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قد أفلح من زكاها وقد خاب من دساها وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الكيس من دان نفسه وعمل لما بعد الموت والعاجز من أتبع نفسه هواها وتمنى على الله الأماني أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Every single human being who is sane, who understands things as they should be to some extent or the other, there is one thing that he is always desiring to acquire, trying to acquire, making an effort to acquire, and that is success. And whatever he does, anything that he gets into, and this is his goal, this is his objective, that he must succeed in that. Child goes to preschool, and that child also to some extent understands that he must succeed in that. And as the child goes into primary school and then high school, this becomes a more clearer picture. Perhaps before that it might be a little bit of a hazy thing, but then the success becomes a very clear thing that this is the goal, to become successful. And as a person progresses in life, then these goals become even more focused. And in order to gain what he has defined for himself as success, he then does whatever it takes. But unfortunately, many a times, what we have defined as success for ourselves in reality is not success. Many a times, that is actually destruction. Success is that which Allah Ta'ala has declared to be success. And in various ways Allah Ta'ala has explained this to us. And in this ayat of the Quran Sharif that was recited, Allah Ta'ala says, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسَّهَا That we want to know what is success and who is successful. Allah Ta'ala says that person is successful Man zakkaha, who has purified his nafs. Now this is the yardstick of measuring success, the yardstick that Allah Ta'ala has given. Otherwise everybody's measurement differs, everybody has their own yardstick. And sometimes that yardstick could be very, very flawed. This is what Allah Ta'ala is giving, there cannot be anything more perfect than this. Allah Ta'ala is saying قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَ That person is successful who has purified this nafs. And وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسَّاهَ The one who has destroyed this nafs, he is in a complete loss. He has become totally unsuccessful. So when everything hinges upon this purification of this nafs, this becomes a very crucial thing. What is this purification of the nafs all about? This path of Islah and Tazkiyah, this is all the same thing. The terminology might differ in some aspects. 
But at the end of the day, whether we call it Islam, we call it Tazkiyah, and whatever other ways it might be termed as, but the thing is to purify this inner self. And this is what is the real essence of Islam. That the inner self becomes purified. Then this will manifest itself in everything. It will manifest itself in a person's appearance also. It will manifest itself in a person's dealings, in his social life, in his character. Anywhere and everywhere it will manifest itself. It can happen that a person selects some of these things without that Islam having taken place. Sometimes that too becomes a starting point. Alhamdulillah, that too is a good thing. For example, a person starts adopting the correct appearance, the sunnah attire. A person starts adopting the appearance that Nabi Islam has taught us to adopt. Alhamdulillah, summa alhamdulillah. But many a times we get stuck at that point. That well, this is now quite a dramatic change already from what perhaps I was used to, what I was accustomed to, the way I used to dress perhaps, or the kind of places I used to go to maybe. So now compared to that, this is already a dramatic change for me. So, fine, this is great enough now. Now if I don't do anything further, I am quite content with myself. Maybe before the person was involved in some kind of direct illicit contact, he was involved in various haram liaisons and whatever. So in any case, mashallah, he has now given that up. So then the person gives that up, alhamdulillah, which is a very great thing. But then he gets stuck at that point in the sense that he gave up the formal illicit contact, but then on a casual basis, he's just talking to anybody, joking with anyone, any female staff member, anybody he's talking to in any way, and talking about, sometimes Allah forbid, intimate things, and he says, well, we're just joking, that's all. And he doesn't think that this has got any bearing on the effect that it has on the soul, how it destroys the heart. You know, I'm no more now in I don't have any haram, any haram contact as such. I'm not involved in any affair. So fine, this is, there's no problem with this. That kind of close contact with some colleague at work, which is a, obviously opens a door to so many harams, that doesn't cross his mind. And like this, these are just few examples. There are many things where, alhamdulillah, in itself a person has taken a very big step forward. So that itself is something to be greatly appreciated. And that is something to be acknowledged. But for the person himself to get then stuck at that point and regard that as Islam having taken place. For example, a person has adopted the correct appearance, mashallah, excellent. But that itself doesn't make it the end of Islam. A person wasn't performing his salah previously, mashallah, now he's performing his salah. Subhanallah, what can be said about this? This is the greatest of all the amal after iman. But does Islam finish off at that point? No, it doesn't finish off there. That is a very fundamental part. That a person, mashallah, is now performing his salah. There is no deen without salah in it. 
But it doesn't finish off at that. Deen is an entire way of life which deals with our external selves, with our internal selves. It deals with our ibadat, it deals with our business also. It deals with our tasbihat and ma'amulat, it deals with how we conduct ourselves at home also. Pertains to every aspect of life. Once Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam addressed the Sahaba Ikram and he gave them a list of all kinds of the wrongs that a person should be free from. La tahasadu, wala tabaghadu, wala tadabaru, wala taqata'u. Don't have hasad and jealousy for one another. Because jealousy is a very, very serious malady. The jealousy, Nabi Islam says, consumes and burns up a person's good deeds like fire consumes wood. So don't have this jealousy and don't have enmity for one another, malice for one another. Don't harbor suspicions against one another. A whole list of things. After having mentioned all this, then in the same Hadith Sharif is mentioned, that Nabi Islam then said, At-taqwa ha-huna, three times. At-taqwa ha-huna, at-taqwa ha-huna. And he pointed to his heart. The taqwa, this is the place of taqwa. There are certain things which will be things that the taqwa will demand. That this should be done in this way. A person should dress in this way. A person should speak in this manner. A person should conduct himself in that way. But the reality is in the heart. The tazkiyah is actually inside here. If everything else happens outside, but it doesn't also happen inside, then this doesn't come into that ayat of the Quran Sharif, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ zakkaha. That that person is successful who has purified the nafs. Because مَنْ zakkaha, Who has purified the nafs. MashaAllah, he purified many things outside. That too is all something to be appreciated. But again Nabi Wasallam's message and lesson, after having given the list of all the evils, Nabi Wasallam says, At-taqwa ha-huna. At-taqwa ha-huna. At-taqwa is here. The eyes can be cast low, but where is the heart going to? The person can be talking in a very pious way, but is that the condition of the heart as well? So all that is required, the gaze must be low also, the tongue must be clean, and the conduct must be humble. But at the same time, this is something to constantly take an account of. Now the person who is serious about this Islam, serious about this Tazkiyah, then one of the crucial things he will do is he will keep checking how much has his nafs been purified. How much has his nafs been purified? He will keep checking. He will keep looking within himself that what are his faults. He will not be offended if somebody points out a fault of his. Umar can be imagined, Amir al that personality regarding whom Nabi Wasallam says that لَوْكَانَ بَعْدِي نَبِيًّا لَكَانَ عُمَرٌ had they been in Nabi after me, there been Umar. That personality of that caliber, and he is saying, Rahimallahum Ra'an Ahda ilayya uyubi. Subhanallah, what a way of expressing it. He's saying, May Allah Ta'ala have mercy on that person. May Allah Ta'ala shower his rahmat on that person. On who? And the word he uses, he could have said, The person who informs me of my faults. 
could have said it that way. That is what actually is being, the message is giving. May that person who informs me of my faults, may Allah Ta'ala have mercy on him. What does he say? What word he uses? Ahda ilayya uyu. The person who presents a gift to me of pointing out my faults to me. That this is a present, I regard this as a gift. I treasure this. This person has brought to me, to my attention, my fault. He has really done me a favor. Now who can say this? Person who is truly concerned about his heart. Person who is truly concerned that has the inside been cleaned out. And since Hazrat Umar was a person of that caliber, was all the time concerned about what is the condition of the heart. And the slightest difference that came about of any sort, just something of a fraction of a fraction. He immediately took notice of that and did whatever was required to make amends. To clean out that little dust. Once he's giving people water to drink out in public, which was regarded as a very menial task. And he's carrying this water container and he's, this was something which people would do it for a pittance just to earn something. Now he's taken that task on for that few, for that little while. Somebody asks him, Amirul Mu'mineen, you doing this? He says, all these delegations came from far and wide and they came to visit me and meet me and discuss whatever was necessary. I just felt something in my heart as a result of this. Therefore I needed to now streamline it. I needed to just iron it out. So in order to iron it out, I did this to remind myself that Umar, you are worth this. Don't regard yourself as high and mighty. Don't regard yourself as somebody. Because when a person forgets his reality, starts thinking of himself as somebody, as high and mighty, as somebody very powerful, then for arrogance to creep in, is the door is wide open. Arrogance and pride to creep in, the door is wide open. And then the problem on top of that becomes that the, when arrogance and pride creep in, that blinds the heart to such an extent that a person then cannot see his faults. And then when somebody presents that fault also, that becomes a problem. That becomes a further fault on that person's part. Who are you to tell me? This is the aspect of when that arrogance and pride blinds the heart, then فَإِنَّهَا لَا تَعْمَلْ أَبْصَارُ وَلَكِنْ تَعْمَلْ قُلُوبُ الَّتِي فِي الصُّدُورُ it's not the physical eyes that become blind often. But it is the eyes of the heart that become blind. And a person cannot see his glaring faults also. So this aspect of muhasaba, this muhasaba taking an account of oneself. So that Umar once in his khutbah addressed the sahaba and whoever was present at that time in his era when he was Amir al-Mu'mineen. And he said to them, Hasibu qabla an tuhasabu. Take an account of yourself before that day when you are going to be taken an account of. When an account of yours will be taken. So you rather take an account now. A person starts off a business. There are many things he does. On the one hand, he's collecting, he's acquiring the stock. He's finding the raw materials if he's manufacturing something. Or he's buying the stock that he needs to sell. Then he's setting up everything and displaying it very well. Then together with that, he's also from time to time cleaning. He's got people all the time just employed to do nothing but clean. And nothing to, to do, nothing else to do but to dust around. 
And together with that end of the day, there's a small little hisab kitab that goes for the day. And then there's a hisab kitab that happens at the end of the month. And then come end of the year, there's a big hisab kitab. Because he must now make sure that he is not losing out. That the objective of this whole exercise is there must be a profit at the end of the day. Is he making a profit? So likewise, a person who, this insan, his profit is this taskiyah enough? Because the success is dependent on it. And if he is successful, then he's got dunya and akhirat. So his profit is his taskiyah enough. And when this is his profit, he will all the time now do whatever it is to get to that profit. One is he'll make mujahada against that nafs. He will keep striving against this nafs in terms of whatever haram desires and temptations come in this nafs. He will trample it. He will crush it. He will take the pain on his heart but not give in to those haram desires. And together with that he will keep cleaning. Like this person now bought that stock and then he's undertaking the effort to do everything and he's cleaning up all the time also. This person too would be concerned about his heart. He needs to keep cleaning. He'll keep cleaning by means of istighfar. All the time istighfar, regularly istighfar. Minimum hundred times a day. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Nabi of Allah says, I make istighfar more than a hundred times daily. One rewrite more than seventy times daily, one rewrite more than hundred times. So who are we? How much we should make istighfar? Now he'll keep cleaning with this istighfar. And after having done all this also, he'll keep making muhasaba. Every night he'll sit around and think about his day. He'll give two minutes. We have time for everything. We have so much of time for everything else. That is why we've got no time left for this. Person has got hours to sit on that phone. But because we haven't made muhasaba of where that phone is taking us. That is that phone being of any benefit to us. Or is it becoming a source of destruction to us. If we made muhasaba of that. Took some account of ourselves. Where is this phone taking us then that too will open another whole door in front of us. Otherwise, this consumes so many people to such an extent. Just recently somebody sent one email complaining about another person in the family. Says even when he goes to the toilet, he takes this along. And therefore, he'll be sitting in the toilet for sometimes half an hour and 45 minutes because he's got this phone with him there. Now can we imagine, but now the same thing, the person becomes blinded to how far he's gone? How down he's dropped? It just doesn't occur. How he's breaking his marriage doesn't occur to him until it's too late. Until now, when the pieces are in, when it's shattered, can't even put the pieces together. Now he says, Oh, Inna Lillah, what I did. Because we didn't stop to take an account. Where is this all taking us to? The person has so much of time to be sitting on that phone, that's why he doesn't have time for muhasaba. He doesn't have time for istighfar. He doesn't have time for durood sharif on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa That hadith which we have many, many times discussed, where Hazrat Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha, she once saw Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa very happy and she asked him for dua. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa made dua for her that... Allahumma ghfir li Aisha tama taqaddama min thambiha wa ma ta'akhar Ya Allah forgive Aisha all her previous and past mistakes Whatever has happened openly, secretly forgive her 
This is a dua in general. So she became overjoyed with this dua. She could not contain her happiness. In that ecstasy of that joy and happiness, her head came down in her lap. Nabi Islam saw this and he asked her, Ayya surruki dua'iya Aisha? My dua has made you happy? She said, why not? Subhanallah, what a dua? Nabi Islam responds, Innaha la da'wati li ummati ba'da kulli salati. That this is the dua I make for my ummah after every salah. I keep remembering my ummah after every salah also. And at every other time too. Our Nabi Wasallam, who remembered us so often, but how many times in the day we recite Durud Sharif upon him? Why? Because all these things have taken all the time away. Aside from the time that a person is actively engaged in his work, in his occupation, in his job, his profession, whatever, all that in its place. But the amount of time we still have that is free time. And previously, once upon a time, people used to say, well, no, see, a lot of family time is required. And I need time to whatever family needs. But now the families are complaining, we're not getting the time also. So the time is not for Allah Ta'ala, and the time is not for the servants of Allah Ta'ala also. The time is left only for shaitan. The time is only left for nafs and shaitan. And the aid and the devices of nafs and shaitan. That phone, that internet and all the other things that go along with it. That social media and whatever. Because we haven't stopped to take stock that how much we are losing. That business is running but a person doesn't take stock. And he doesn't know where the, how big the holes have become and how everything is pouring out. Now suddenly when he just sees everything is in red and there's nothing to pay. And every, all the creditors are starting to get paid. And there's nothing available. Now he's thinking, okay, I'll sell the stock. He goes and sees the shelves also are all looking empty. Now he wonders what happened and who stole what and how everything just went down the drain because he was now in ghaflat. He was in this unmindfulness, not stopping to take stock of what's going on. Now this is muhasaba. So this muhasaba is something that the mashayikh very strongly emphasize that a person every day, he spends some time in that evening at night after his Isha Salah, at some time of the evening, he sits down two, three minutes and he takes a general stock of the day. What did I do for the day? What did I do for the day in terms of my obligations to Allah Ta'ala? Did I fulfill it? Inna lillah. I started off my day without even making Fajr Salah. Allah Ta'ala gave me a new life. When a person goes to sleep, he's like a dead person. That is why when he wakes up, the dua Nabi Salaam taught us, Alhamdulillah Ahyana ba'dama amatana wa ilayhim nushur. All praise is due to Allah Ta'ala who gave us life after having given us death. Now, this was a new life Allah Ta'ala gave me. And I started off this new life without even remembering Allah Ta'ala, without putting my head on the ground in front of Allah Ta'ala. I started off my day without fa'inna lillah. I'd rather make the qaza now. And tomorrow I'm not going to miss it. I read my Zuhar, you know, I got so caught up with my business, in my work or whatever. Allah Ta'ala was pouring down his ni'mats. As a result, I forgot to thank him. Allah Ta'ala's bounties were showering. I forgot to thank him for it. That I forgot about his, the Zuhar Salah. I forgot about the Asr Salah. Inna Allah. That we will make the qaza of that now. And tomorrow I won't let this happen again. If a person stops to make the muhasaba, the obligations of Allah Ta'ala. Together with that, do I, am I satisfied with just the bare minimum from somebody? Or I want all the extras? 
if I came home and I just got that very bare minimum, just very plain something, some meal which didn't have any of the extras, am I satisfied with that? Am I going to be happy that fine, yesterday's leftovers I got, or five days leftovers, that become a very big issue. The whole house will turn upside down. And for Allah Ta'ala, just the bare minimum, and how I did that minimum also, what was the quality of that salah? Now this muhasaba, taking an account. Because we want the best in everything else, but for Allah Ta'ala, what do we want to give? So now the person will sit and think, what was the quality of my... I started off that salah and finished off how much I thought of Allah Ta'ala in that salah. I thought of my business in it, I thought of some sports in it, I thought of some family issue in it, I thought of what not in it, how much of that duration of that salah did I think of Allah Ta'ala? Did I perform that salah in a way that was according to the sunnah? Now as we ask ourselves these questions, and a person who makes a habit of asking himself these questions, then it will start creating some conscience to now start rectifying the situation. That is the benefit of this muhasaba when it is done regularly, when it is done diligently. And when you sit to take an account, ask himself these very crucial questions. Allah Ta'ala bless me with this site today, how I used it. From the morning till now, how I used this site, what would I looked at? Is this the gratitude of this site? Allah Ta'ala is going to question me on the day of Qiyamah, what answer I'm going to give? If I carry on in this way and Allah Ta'ala deprives me of this bounty, can I replace it with something else? If he asks himself these questions, then he will get some answers within himself. That No, this is a terrible ingratitude. I can't carry on like this. I need to make a change. I need to sort something out. This is that muhasaba. This muhasaba, this muhasaba is required before an amal, before every action. Now the person is going to embark on something, something meaning something good, some good action. Is this for Allah Ta'ala? He stops to make muhasaba. Am I doing it solely for Allah Ta'ala? Am I doing it for some other motive? Hassan Basri, rahimahullah, this is his malfuz and statement. He says, Rahimallahu, waqafa in the hammihi. May Allah Ta'ala have mercy on that person, shower down his rahmat on that person, who pauses at the time of his intentions, when he's intending to embark on something, start on something. He pauses, pauses for what? To think. In kana lillah madafi. After having think, given it some thought, pondering, making this muhasaba about the motivation for this amal. And he finds it's for Allah Ta'ala, then he goes ahead. And if it's for other than Allah Ta'ala, then he holds on. He then rectifies his intention. He then sorts out the problem within himself. He cleans out the evil and the wrong that is lurking in that heart. Not that he will give up the amal, but he will now rectify that intention and then go ahead. After that amal, he'll make muhasaba as we discussed already. How did I do it? What did I do actually? And apart from the righteous actions, meaning forms of ibadat, etc., there will be various other things that will keep coming in front. He will stop to think, is this something useful for me? Okay, it's not haram, but is it useful? No, it's futile. If he stops to ask himself, he'll get an answer. No, it's totally futile. Is this futile thing going to help me? Is this futile thing going to be of any use to me? 
It's not going to be of use to me. Let me do something constructive. And is this haram? Yes, it's haram. So now do I want to harm myself? And is this the gratitude to Allah Ta'ala for all His bounties? Is this how I'm going to progress and get closer to Allah Ta'ala? No, it's not going to happen that way. I'm going to go the opposite direction. So fine, let me leave this. Obviously there's a mujahada involved in all that. It's not merely just the answering of a question that will solve it. But together with that, there's a mujahada involved. But when a person starts asking those questions, then he'll start getting the answers that will now drive him towards taking the steps forward. How did I conduct myself today with people? How did I... What kind of akhlaq did I have with those inside the house, eyes outside the house, people I interacted with in my business, on the street, or wherever? Was this correct? Those things that I did were not correct. What amends do I make now? The mashaykh of the past, people of the past who were concerned about this, it wasn't just thinking about it, but then whatever had to be done to sort things out. Bayezid Bustami, great personality of his time in the 3rd century, Hijri, and many incidents about him, but this one particular lesson from his life, he, it was the time, and he felt a little bit lazy, meaning, a little tired, so he didn't wake up immediately. It's tahajjud, it's not faraz, but nevertheless, this was his normal habit that on the first, as soon as the time was up, he was up and moving, but now he delayed a little bit. Then he, again the thought came and he delayed a little bit. Then he felt thirsty. When he felt thirsty, he woke up and went to where the water was kept. When he got to the water, now this muhasaba. This muhasaba started. That when it was for Allah Ta'ala, you were sluggish. And for your nafs, you wanted the water, you just woke up one shot and came. For Allah Ta'ala, you were taking your own time. And if we consider in our own day-to-day life, for our dunya, how often it is before time? If a person has an appointment where there is a hope of a very good deal, then he is there before time. Because he mustn't miss that appointment, otherwise his deal goes. So he's not there on time. He plans to be there before time. And not just one minute before time, he plans to be there well in advance. And he takes all the precautions, working himself out that perhaps there might be traffic on the way, perhaps there might be some this and that and the other. I can't take any chances. I'd rather go and sit there and wait. But I'm not going to take chances. Why? Because there's a very lucrative deal that could come through. So for dunya, all these advanced arrangements and extra precautions and whatever. And for deen, doesn't matter, you know, if you can't make it with jamaat now, we'll make the namaz later on. And if the time has passed, we make qaza. Whereas at qaza, Nabi Islam says that the person who missed out one salah, not that he missed out the qaza also, he missed it out in his time. Then it is like he lost all his family and all his possessions in one go. Everybody passed away one time. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. And all his possessions, everything went away one time. That loss is the type of loss that he has incurred. But now for Deen, fine, it will happen later. Now in any case, when he came there and this thought crossed his mind, that for Deen, for Allah Ta'ala, you were sluggish, and for your nafs, you just came straight, 
said, no, this nafs needs to be disciplined now. Now since it came for the water, so now he made a vow upon himself. For one year, you will not drink water. For one year, you will not drink water. Now he's thinking to himself that I already made this vow of one year not drinking water in order to discipline this nafs. Because he's concerned about this nafs. That person is successful who has purified this nafs. He's not just now stagnating in certain things only. But he's now making progress towards purifying this nafs. So now he's concerned about purifying it. So he wants to discipline it. So now he's thinking to himself that one year without water, is that possible also? Can a person live without having water for one year? But now he thought to himself that I can't do it under normal circumstances. It's not humanly, generally possible. Allah Ta'ala is my creator. And I have taken this vow for his pleasure. To sort this nafs out to get closer to him. So now let me turn to him to make it possible for me. I started making excessive dua, Ya Allah, you help me to fulfill this and complete it. And eventually he passed one year in that manner without a sip of water. But what this, what end result came out of all this, he was still at a very young age when he became known as Sultanul Arifin. The Imam of the Awliya of the time. But it didn't happen by some just dreams. Otherwise, especially nowadays, if a person has one dream also, mashallah, then there's no need for anything further. Have you ever seen somebody, he wakes up in the morning and he says, last night I dreamt that I'm the Prime Minister. So now he starts wanting to go to the Prime Minister's office and chase him out. I dreamt last night I'm the Prime Minister. So what are you sitting here now? It's my place. Or if he dreamt, okay, Prime Minister is too far away that he became the mayor. So now he goes to the mayoral offices. Last night I dreamt, it was clear as daylight, though it was night time. So when a person dreams that he became the mayor, he doesn't come into the deception that he became the mayor. He dreams that he became the president also. Next morning he's in no deception that, well, I am the president now. But yet he just dreamt something, mashallah, it's a good thing. But suddenly that dream makes him feel, I am now accomplished. Everything is done for me now. I don't have to make any more effort. I'm done. That is the trap of shaitan. When a person starts progressing, shaitan brings all kinds of things to deviate him. If that good dream became a motivation for the person to work even harder, for the person to strive more, and for the person to feel within himself that I am nobody, that mashallah, that was a very great thing for him. And if that started making him complacent, that was a trap of shaitan. So in any case, this muhasaba, muhasaba before that amal, muhasaba after that amal, and when he will keep making this, keep thinking within himself, the sahaba ikram, those personalities, who Nabi Islam gave them the certificate, Allah Ta'ala gave them the certificate of Jannah, radiyallahu anhum wa radu'an, certificate of his pleasure. But they making muhasaba, Hazrat Hanzala radiallahu ta'ala an, the very famous well-known incident. Abu Bakr passes by him and he asks him, how are you? So he says, how are you? Nafaka Hanzala. What are you asking, how are you? Nafaka Hanzala has become a munafiq. Now a sahabi, and he is concerned that have I become a munafiq? 
Siddiq Akbar asks him that how can this be possible? What are you talking about? You became a munafiq. So he gives what he's referring to. When we are with Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we feel this entire fervor of iman and that's Jannat and Jahannam are in front of us. When we come home, we don't feel the same. Because now, obviously, we get involved in our families, our work. So that fervor of iman that was there, we don't feel the same. Now, this little difference, he termed as nifaq. But now, after the muhasaba, what happened? Hazrat Abu Bakr says, I also feel the same. Now, what next? Well, we can't be just sitting about it. Now, let us go and report it. When there's muhasaba, then what follows after the muhasaba is now the report of the muhasaba. This is the end result. This is the sum total of the muhasaba. The things are going haywire. So now how to rectify it? I need the advice. So if the muhasaba is taking place, person now did his books and he found things are going haywire. He doesn't wait for tomorrow. He phones the accountant, I'm coming now. I need to know what to do. So now he got the end result now while everything is going haywire, things are all in the red. So you say, well, we'll see next year now. Next year, nobody waits for next minute also. The accountant now, you have to see him immediately. So now this muhasaba took place and the result showed, according to his own reading, what he read was, nafaqa hanzala. Now we need to report it. They come to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Nabi Sallallahu then consoles him, no, don't worry, this is not nifaq. Rather, this is something which is human. But the point is this muhasaba. They kept on checking within themselves. They kept on taking an account of themselves. And as a result, they kept on progressing. And whatever shaitan put in anybody's way who was making this muhasaba, very easily that was moved out of the way. This is something we too have to now bring into our daily program. Our daily tartib and program this is something we have to include in it. That at the end of the day, at some time of the day, best is at the end of the day, a person takes some time. As we said, unfortunately, we have so much of time to destroy ourselves. Or some time to try and save ourselves. Few minutes, two, three minutes, should be more, but at least two, three minutes to make this muhasaba, to take an account of oneself. What have I done? How did I conduct myself today? What have I been, how have I been spending my time? And have I stagnated in just a few things or am I progressing? Yes, okay, I fell, I slipped up, how am I going to move on? I fell, that is not something that is the end of the world. But if I don't make that muhasaba, then it can become the end of the world. If a person fell, Allah Ta'ala has kept the door open to still wake up and come. Allah Ta'ala's doors of rahmat are wide open. And before he also decides to wake up, Allah Ta'ala is waiting for him to wake up. But the person who will keep making this muhasaba, he will realize where he fell. He will realize where he has to go to. And now first he must clean himself. And now he must move on. So a person who is making to fall, we are insan. Insan is insan, he can make a mistake, he can err. But this muhasaba, if he is doing it diligently, this will help him to wake up and walk again. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq that we make an effort on this nafs and truly strive to purify this nafs, not just confining ourselves to certain external things only, or certain aspects of deen, all that is necessary, all that is important, but to confine ourselves to some aspects, then that is something which is a big mistake that we are making. We have to bring in every aspect of deen, 
purify ourselves externally, purify ourselves internally, bring our ibadat in order, our mu'amalat, our dealings, our social life, our akhlaq, purify our hearts of all the evils and negatives, and in this way, we will become close to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, the dunya, our dunya also will then be made a place of good for us, and the real place is akhirat, Allah ta'ala bless us, Allah ta'ala keep us with iman, take us with iman, and raise us on the day of qiyamah with iman, فآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين